0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power
1: Rangers! Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 16 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to *Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It's cold out, finally. It actually uh, snowed. It snowed today in Cleveland. I got like five snowflakes over on my end of town.
0: Yeah, no, that's about all we got. There's nothing actually on the ground. Uh, But there was frozen precipitation that descended from on high uh and you know so it did technically snow starting to feel that on this december the 18th what's up starting to feel that christmas cheer starting to feel that christmas cheer i'm feeling really cheerful man we'll actually talk about it in a second but matt uh we got a little business a little business
1: to attend to first oh are you referring to our award-winning opening segment uh, yes. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first and partially titular star of the week? Uh, our first
0: star of the week, Matt, uh, is Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Uh, just, we're not gonna reveal anything about the movie. Just so you can, if you haven't seen it, you can listen freely. We super promise. Uh, but Star
1: Star Wars, oh my gosh, it was so good. It was so good. It was, listen, I have been, it it was a weird viewing experience because I had been really focused on not only like not reading anything about the movie, like rumors, news, like I didn't even look at pictures as far as I could avoid it. Like I saw the trailer and that was pretty much it. So I was blocking it out like that, but I was also sort of blocking it out, like, emotionally, because right. I didn't want to get excited. I just, just wanted to go and see the movie. In case, right. Uh, in case we were walking into a Phantom Menace scenario. Right.
0: Which I didn't, like, I didn't think that was the case. Like, everything that I had seen had really... and Because I was in the same boat as you. I was really doing my best to kind of avoid... You know, just finding out a whole lot about it, not in like an obsessive way, but you know, like you just you want to go into it fresh, right? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely, and and, and I, I, right. I succeeded, uh, which means yeah, that I was not same. emotionally prepared for the experience. But it was
0: awesome. You know what? I thought it was going to be good, and what clinched it for me is that uh, after the Hollywood premiere, Pat Oswalt tweeted out. I found out via another source because I'm not a tweeter. Uh, that Patton Oswalt tweeted out. I think he just said, like, J.J. did it or something like that. But Patton Oswalt, the angriest nerd in Hollywood, was just like, yeah, that was great. So I was like, well, if Patton Oswalt likes it, like, it's probably pretty... It's it's good. It's going to be good. Uh, and it was. You know what was great about it? This is the best thing I can say for it, is it was it was Star Wars. It was Star Wars. It was exactly. It was what you wanted it to be. It really felt like Star Wars in a way that the prequels I don't think ever really did. You know what I mean?
1: No, I mean those those felt. You know, I mean you could obviously tell they're in the same world because they had like laser swords and stuff. But, yeah, precisely. Um, you know, this felt like Star. I mean, you know, you, I mean, you just said it. It felt like Star Wars. I went to go it see was a Star Wars awesome. movie, and that's what it was.
0: Yeah, like I was, I felt like a little kid. Uh, Beth said that she looked over at me while I was watching the movie, and I was just like sitting there with like my hands on my knees, just like my mouth, like slightly agape, just like staring at the screen, smiling. It was super good. Um, like, listen, are there a couple of like tiny, weird things? Like yeah, of course. Like it's a movie and nothing is going to be flawless. Yeah,
1: and nothing is going to make me feel like the original trilogy makes me feel because the, you know, I, you know, I am currently 31. You know, there's nothing that is going to make me feel as though I am actually like 4 years old and watching these movies. But
0: I mean, it's pretty like it's pretty close. Like they just did a great job. Uh <laughs> There were a couple of moments where like stuff happened in the movie and it was very much like
1: wink wink nudge nudge. It's Star Wars, guys. And I was like, "Yes, I know. I remember Star Wars too. That's why I came to this movie."
0: <laughs> like, I've seen I also saw the other movies. Uh, you know, but it they just they did a fantastic job. I do wish like listen. Um I don't want to, like, get down on anybody's movie-watching experience and people love what they love, and I love that you love what you love. Uh, but please stop. Just don't cheer at movies. You don't need to. The actors can't hear you. Uh, and when you yell, I can't actually hear what's happening. Uh, you know, I, don't, I like, I missed, we missed lines. Because people were like, it's Princess Leia! Yeah! Yeah, just like, like, guys, we listen, all know, you know are, that she if was... If you're,
1: like, a big-time Hollywood premiere and those actors are in the room, like, sure, go ahead like, and applaud. Why not? Yeah, that like, makes sense. If you're at the Capitol Theater in Gordon Square and beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, like, you Which are pretty a far theater. away from the action. Just chill out.
0: Like, just chill. You could just be like, yeah, awesome. But, like, come on, guys, we're here to watch the movie. I'm not here to watch you, listen to you yell about the movie. Uh, but it was awesome. Next week, next week, we'll actually talk about Star Wars... Because by that it'll have been like two weeks, and I figure you—you know—you'll have been able to see it. Uh, but suffice to say, you should absolutely go see Star Wars. Like big surprise, right? But it was—it was great from the bottom of my heart. I loved it, and uh, we can't recommend it highly enough. So that—that uh, that is Star Wars. Our first star was Star Wars. All right. So Dave, what then is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is that as of 3.30-ish this afternoon, I am on winter break. So I don't have to go into the work for the next two weeks. Well, good for you. Yeah, it's great. I'm uh, sure it is. I did. It is. It's great. It's one of the... Um... So Okay, so actually, I had a student. I was about to say that, like, winter breaks were one of the best parts, like, the long breaks, one of the best parts of being a teacher, and don't get me wrong, like, those big extended vacations are pretty sick, but I did have one of my alumni come back, like, a kid that I had for a few years and like, theater, and I, I hadn't seen, he graduated, like, last year, so I hadn't seen him in a little bit. Uh, so, anyways, I had this kid come back, and he was like, hey, like, Mr. J., uh, you know, like, I miss your classes, like, I miss having you as a teacher, like, drama changed my life, and, like, I never felt like people saw me for who I was, and, like, when I'm on stage, I feel like people see me, and I, like, I like, t- I, like, I, I didn't quite, but, like, almost teared up a little bit. It was very much, it was, like, a very Hallmark moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is why you're a teacher. And uh, so what you're saying so that that is that is, is
1: almost as good as winter break.
0: No, 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 it's better. It's better than winter break. But those extended vacations are sick. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, they're pretty fantastic. Uh, cause it's it's but it's Christmas. Uh so Merry Christmas out there to those of you in uh in listener world. Merry Christmas to all. Uh I, I
1: just got my tree up this week.
0: My tree is uh it's up and there are lights, but I haven't decorated it uh, yet. Uh, Now, I know, right? You would think, but uh, I just haven't gotten around to it because I've been really busy because it's been the week before winter break. Maybe tomorrow. I think we're going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to
1: decorate the tree, start wrapping
0: presents. Oh,
1: man. You know what's great is that this year I got a a timer for the lights. So, like, when I – I don't leave them on all day, but when I come home from work, the Christmas tree is already all lit up.
0: Oh, that's great. great. Okay, yeah, that – is an awesome option. Uh, I got on that LED train, and so I just leave my lights on all the time because it costs like a nickel because of science. Gotta love it. The miracles of modern science. (laughs) Um, I've still been playing a lot of Fallout, and so I'm very leery about phrases like, the wonders of science. I'm like, yeah, until they blow us all up.
1: Yeah, but Uh, worst case scenario there is, Okay, there's a lot of bad scenarios. But potentially lot, you get robot really, armor, Dave. And who doesn't want a good suit out. of power armor?
0: Right. A uh, good suit of power armor and preferably a space in a vault, I think, would really do it. But that's a bummer thought for Christmas. So I'm on winter break. I've got two weeks off of work. And Christmas is coming. And uh, it's totally rad. So, so it's totally rad. So Merry Christmas, everybody. And to all a third star... Which Matt will
1: now talk about. Here I go. I guess third star. So <laughs> nice transition. Uh, so yeah. Matt, what's so our third star of the video Wii? games? Um, I threw on the old Wii U the other day, and I thought, you know, what's a game I haven't played in a while? I uh, have not played Shovel Knight, and I think I talked about Shovel Knight on this very program before, Dave. Yeah, you did briefly.
0: It's a, uh, it's kind of an old style 2D platformer, right? Yeah,
1: it's excellent. It's like an old school 8-bit. Side-scrolling platformer game. Uh, if you ha- It's a few years old now, but if you haven't already played it, I think it's on most, like, major platforms. Go out and check it out. But the really exciting thing is that there has been an update to that game since the last time I played it. Okay, oh, its Which is just, nice. like, free DLC, and now, basically, I get to play back through the whole game. Except instead of playing as the Shovel Knight, who is a knight that has a shovel... Um, right. I play through as one of the bad guys who is Plague Knight, who is, like, this alchemist Ooh. dude with, like, a Plague Doctor mask who throws, like, alchemical bombs and stuff. And so I'm going through all the old mm. levels, but, like, it's totally different now because he has completely different abilities. So I just basically get a whole new amazing game that's built on the back of a game that I already loved. It was just this amazing surprise I got the other day. So... Uh, if you haven't played Shovel Knight, check it out. If you have played I Shovel actually, Knight and haven't opened it in a while, go look at that, because you might have a bonus game hanging out in there. Oh, so our fourth
0: story of the week, Matt, is that I have been reading a pretty cool new uh, webcomic called Turncoat. It's it's very recent. Uh, it's only been... I think they've only been publishing it for, like, a couple of months. But it's... Uh, it's a really neat comic. It's set it's a superhero like related comic, right? Okay. Uh but it follows this dude who is a superhero assassin. Not like he is not a superhero who is an assassin. He is an assassin of superheroes. Okay. Right. And like he works for an agency And, like, as far as I can tell, because it's, like, it's pretty early, it's pretty early days, so they, you know, this is a long form medium, so they're kind of dragging this story out, but as far as I can tell, they work at, like, thinning the ranks of superheroes for a reason that has yet to be determined, but, um... It's a really cool art style and I think it's a really neat blend between uh, kind of pure comic book style like adventure comics art and something that's a little bit more cartoony, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's just a really neat story. I really dig the aesthetic of it. The writing, I think, is very good. Uh, The main character is compelling because he is, I mean, he's an assassin of superheroes. He's like extremely competent. In some ways, but is also just, like, kind of like a weird, sad loser in other ways. (laughs) Um, I
1: keep wanting to say it sounds like you're just talking about wanted.
0: uh, Think if wanted was, like, fun and a
1: webcomic instead of the worst. So, like, yeah, if wanted wasn't inherently mean-spirited?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very similar to that. Uh um, but the, the, uh, the main character is always getting new sidekicks and the sidekicks are always like low grade supervillains, uh, but they're all totally disposable. And so he never, like, he never strikes the finishing blow. He just like sets it all up so that this like a low rent supervillain can take up the superhero and so it just creates a lot of really interesting dynamics so it's uh, again it's called turncoat comic i've really been enjoying it and you should uh you should check it out
1: dude speaking of uh webcomics and actually also of comics that have been gone for a long time uh, uh did i ever tell you about Johnny Crossbones
0: Oh, man. If you did not recently enough that I remember Well, no, I mean, it. it
1: wouldn't have been recent because the guy hasn't updated it in, like, five years. Uh But oh, Johnny okay. Crossbones, well, it's very much like a... Uh, it's got a very similar aesthetic to, like, a Tintin comic. It's like an adventure comic in that style. Oh, right on. I think it's called, like, Johnny Crossbones and the... Uh, it is called Johnny Crossbones and the Dead Man at Devil's Cove. Dude, it's... Like, if you enjoy, like, Tintin comics... Uh, it is very uh, much built around that aesthetic, uh, except oh, that awesome. the main character, like, for reasons that I'm not sure are ever explained, is wearing, like, a skeleton costume. Do you need
0: an explanation?
1: No, it's a great the, the look. The dude's name is Johnny Crossbones. Uh, anyway, yeah, dudes, check out Johnny Crossbones. It has been gone for, like, five years, and apparently it is back <laughs> and will at least be back for the next, like, six months or so, because he's got it all set up in advance. Oh, that's rad! Uh, yeah, dude, it is super rad. I was so bummed when that went away.
0: Uh, you know, man, like web comics. I think like comics in general, like as a medium, it's a very weird thing because like a serial, like a superhero comic or an adventure comic. You know, like one writer gets old, you know, tired. They don't want to do it anymore, and it kind of gets handed off to the next guy. But web comics. Sort of in the same way as like newspaper comics, like, they're very centered on like one, maybe two people, and like those people's creative output. And so, I think there's a lot of comics that like are super cool, and I think sometimes have either have trouble staying fresh, or the author just has to be like, "Hey, man, like I just gotta, I just gotta stop. Like I can't do this, like whatever this particular thing is anymore." And you no, know, they just gotta take a break. So I get it; it's legit. I think that's why things like uh, Scary Garand or Penny Arcade stay so fresh is that those dudes just like kind of jump off and do, you know, like they take breaks. They like do other stuff, which I think is really cool. So Matt, uh, aside from a totally winter comic about like weird assassins and or a dude in a skeleton costume, what else have you been up to? What is our
1: fifth Star of the week. So Dave, our fifth star of the week is, uh, if you guys will remember last week, uh, we had talked about going to a post-apocalypse themed party. And so I had yeah. been watching some movies to try to get in the mood for that. And one of the movies that I watched was Escape from New York. Now, Do you know, Dave, I was going to say, like, when is the last time that you saw Escape from New York?
0: Uh, I am a little embarrassed to admit this, uh, but
1: never. Okay. Here's I've actually thing. never seen it. I feel like like I feel like I have a memory of watching Escape from New York, but when I sat down to watch that movie, like I did not recognize any of it, so I don't know if I had just like been conflating it with escape from l a or if I had just watched it so long ago that I have retained <laughs> none of the details which is certainly possible but dude, it's, first of all, Escape from New York is great. You should totally watch it. it is right, ah-hoo.
0: yeah, like. As with many things in life, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's totally amazing. I've never heard anything
1: but great reports about it. Uh, Also, I have just never seen it. Uh, But here is the weird thing about Escape from New York is that, like, it is a movie. It is a movie-length, like, full-feature adventure. Um, But it does not feel like a movie so much as it feels like the third episode of the Snake Pliskin TV show. (laughs) Because, like, it just comes in out of nowhere. It's like, okay, here's this guy. He like he has a character. Uh he's got a name. He clearly like, has <laughs> some sort of an agenda. We're going like, to tell Like he definitely you the exists. Name. We're going to hint at the agenda. He's got a history that we will reference but never explain. Uh, he's going to go on an adventure and run into people that he knows, but like we don't know why he knows them or why they know him. Everyone thinks that he's dead. Like they've all heard that this person was dead, but that's never explained. Like it's just, like, they took, like, a chapter out of a book and made a movie out of it, except that there's no book. Like, it's great. And, like, it's actually kind of cool because, like, now in movies, everything is so big and epic and they have to go into big details about every little single thing. Um, that this movie just, like, cuts all of that out. It's like, nope, here's a dude. He has an eye patch and a snarl and, like, a snake tattoo. And he goes in and he has to save, like, <laughs> President Dallin Pleasance from... The Duke of New York inside a giant prison, and that's it. <laughs> um, you know what this so- you know what it sounds like,
0: Matt. It actually kind of sounds like an episode of Super Sentai. Like there's stuff happening. It's clearly important. They all know what's up. You've got no idea. There is not, and never will be any sort of explanation. Good luck. Good luck! Have fun! And you do have fun! Because there's a dude uh, with a snake tattoo and an eye patch, and he has to rescue President Donald Pleasance from the Duke of New York! Yeah, man. A number one. How is that not a recipe for success? Uh, Anyway,
1: Escape from New York is great. You should totally watch it. Escape from L.A. is certainly a movie uh, that has some good points. (laughs) Steve Buscemi's in that one. It's cool. Whatever. No kidding! Uh, And that, I think, let's stop talking about all of these things and start talking about a different thing. It's time for episode 15, The High School Student Warrior. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching episode 15 of Jetman, and Dave, why don't you tell me and our listeners what we've just
0: experienced? (laughs) Um, Okay. So, uh, it's an Akko-centric episode.
1: And Which I think is the... Well, maybe not the first Akko episode. The one with no, the, uh, the diamond was like well, halfway an Akko episode.
0: Yeah, and then Matt, you may be forgetting God Noodle. Maybe the greatest episode of television <laughs> in the history <laughs> of mankind.
1: I had not forgotten that episode, but I think of that one as a... Uh, Noodle Dimension centric
0: episode and not an Akko centric episode. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, So it's an Akko centric episode uh, wherein Akko is like weirdly like ashamed or something about being a jet man and they fight a gross and sort of strangely chauvinistic monster. So let's see see what's up. So the episode opens. uh, It's at a high school and at first I was really concerned (laughs) Because the subtitles
1: were in German? Yeah, so what's happening is um this episode is sort of centered around uh, Akko's high school has like a singing competition. And so when we start off, it's like Akko and her classmates in class practicing the song that they're going to be singing. And I couldn't make it out, really, because I don't speak German and I don't speak Japanese. And they were singing and... It could have gone either way. Yeah, I don't know, man. It did not sound like German to me. Maybe the song that they're singing was originally in German and so instead So they Yeah, of... I don't know. Whoever Dude, decided whatever. to subtitle this episode put it in German <laughs> and it threw us both off for just right. a minute there.
0: So and they are man,
1: be- Okay, before we get too far into this cuz that's just like the first of a lot of weird things that we're going to see in this episode. Like the last couple of episodes of this show, like, Jetman as a whole has been very good, but it has been less reliably wacky than Dye Ranger was.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know? that's
1: yeah, that's totally like reasonable we've had to a lot say. Of, We've had a lot of pathos and not as much, like, completely bonkers stuff. Right. I mean, okay, there, is, there has been some completely bonkers stuff, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad not, like, that we are bereft. Yeah, I'm glad that we're dipping our toe back in the back in the weirdo train. Okay, so, <laughs>
0: so okay, so they are having a uh, they're practicing for this like choir competition. It's in German, and uh, Akko's, like her cross changer like dings at her, and I just wonder like because the cross changers are very obvious, right? Yeah, like it is not an accessory that you can hide.
1: And for the other, like, all the other jet men. outside Jetman. of her, like, jacket sleeve.
0: Yeah, and all the other jetmen. men. So, like, Guy is sort of like a wastrel scoundrel. So, like, who cares? Like, nobody is paying attention to what he's doing. Ryu, I assume, just lives at Sky Camp. Raito, when he's not at Sky Camp, is a farmer. And uh, Kaori is just surrounded by, like, servants. So they can all kind of do whatever they want. Akko is at high school all the time, sees the same people Every day, and is always wearing this like weird, but also very definitely like super high tech, very obvious accessory. And it's just kind of wondering if any of her friends have ever been like, So,
1: um, so Akko, what's up with that that really. Yeah, look at that really weird, like, fancy pager that you have on your wrist that is emblazoned with the Jetman logo. Right,
0: that you never wore before and now wear literally all day every day, the same time that the Jetman started showing up fighting giant monsters. Do you have any any explanation there?
1: Peter Parker wears his, like, web-spinning like, gear on the outside of his clothing. Like, that is what this is like. And then he disappears, and Spider Man shows up, and they're like, man, you know, that's so weird. That's so, right. Our Peter Parker Peter also has wears these.
0: just like those. But I think the answer is that no, no one ever asks her because, like, she's super secretive about it. And, like, And is pretending that, like, she's somehow keeping a secret, which she, I'm sorry, she's not pretending, she has somehow managed to keep the secret of her being a Jetman, and we will find out more about that later.
1: So, like, they they, know that she is bad at studying and keeps ducking out of practices, but no one ever stops to ask why. Right,
0: so, Akko's friends are maybe kind of terrible friends. Uh, But so they they finish the song, and the teacher says, like, hey, Akko, I really need you to, like, practice more or something. And Akko's like, oh, uh, you know, well, uh, sure, but why? And the teacher's like, well, you're terrible, and uh, you always sing off-key, and you're so bad that you don't even notice it. And then she gives her just, like, the nastiest smile. "Uh, It's awful, and that woman shouldn't have a job. You can't, that's not cool. Uh, choir sensei Hey, man, tough love. I Dude, that's, uh, <laughs> that is, It's tough. All right. It is definitely tough. Uh, There's probably not a whole lot of love, but it is tough. Quire sensei doesn't have time to mess around with no-talent singers like Akko. She has a competition to win, uh, and she is the worst at
1: teaching Quayer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> there is a really good singer in this class, and it's Akko's good friend, Kyoko. Right uh so we've sh- i'm sorry so we've shifted
0: scenes like we're away from the school like all the, the it's kyoko uh kyoko ako and then like two of their friends who remain unnamed and uh, and they're just walking home and ako is like sh- she's super excited about the contest she's like this is gonna be great we're gonna practice like i can't wait and someone says wow ako like you're super excited about this contest like i'm a little bit surprised i think is the implication that they're surprised that she's excited And
1: Akko says... Like she is not bringing much to the table.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, And so Akko says, yeah, because this is the first time that, like, my girl Kyoko is going to be on
1: stage, and she is going to kill it. It's going to be amazing. And so they're like, well, like, why don't you just stick around and be her manager? Because, like... The implication being, like, well, you sure can't sing, and you're, like, super hype on Kyoko, so why don't we just do this? And Akko's Akko thinks totally this down. this is an excellent idea. Yeah, she's super into that plan, but... Dude, she as... needs to get that 10% manager's fee off of all of Kyoko's uh, future earnings. Like, pff, Listen, I feel
0: like Akko might take 10% because, and only because... Kyoko is apparently her super bestie. Uh, I think Oko, Akko it would be like a horrible, like manipulative in the style of like exploitative like Motown contracts. Uh, she's like, guys, enormously gaudy jewelry doesn't buy itself and Kari's not ponying up. So...
1: And I need jewels and money right now. Stop. Um, so th- Akko gets super into this idea and I like it looks like is about to start writing up a contract when her communicator goes off.
0: <laughs> and so she's like ah but she hides it. She's like she kind of like ducks away and like kind of tries to surreptitiously check out the cross changer.
1: And now, she's like, guys, changers, just in case you've never watched the show, makes a lot of noise. Like, oh, it yeah. rings. It's like a cell phone going off. Like, there's no hiding this and thing. And she just puts her arm behind her back. Is like, eh, nothing over here.
0: <laughs> Definitely no super science prodonic wave converters happening uh, on this young lady's arm. Uh, so <laughs> she goes off and she's like, oh, I gotta go. She's like, guys, I'm super sorry. Like, I've got a thing. And so I have to skip practice. And they're just like, Akko, what's up? I thought you were excited. She's like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I gotta go. And Coco's like, listen, just like, you know, promise you'll practice. Like, I super wanna win. And
1: Akko's like, oh yeah, 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 definitely, like, I'm actually gonna I'm definitely gonna do it. Totally gonna do it. I just gotta go kick a thing real quick, like in the face a million times. Right. With so, my superpowers.
0: <laughs> so she broke I out. said that. Never mind. It's uh it's nothing. It's nothing. Just uh ignore everything I just said. You guys have fun at practice. Uh, So we leave and we get our first look at uh, Voice Dimension. Oh, man, dude. Voice Dimension
1: is a beautiful design. He is a monstrosity. Uh, Okay. His body is made out of mouths. Yeah, it's just mouths. Just top to bottom. Just mouths. Uh, and out of those mouths are protruding uh speakers and microphones. Speakers and of his microphones. Shoulders are like, like satellite television dishes? satellite dishes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's got like a uh, claw he's got a claw hand. Sorry. K L A W. Now he doesn't have
1: actual claws. Yeah, no, he has a Ulysses claw hand. That's yeah, like exactly. Megaphone. His
0: hand is like a megaphone. Comics, everybody. Uh, yeah, so he's got like a claw hand. And so what he does is you see there's like three girls and they're talking to each other. And they're talking like one girl's like, oh, I was talking to my boyfriend. And the other girl's like, oh, gross, your boyfriend's so gross, boys are gross, something, something, something. And, uh, and then we see voice dimension and he trains his shoulder satellite dishes on them and like steals their voices. Kind of.
1: Yeah, he doesn't steal their voice in this sort of way that you would expect, where they just can't make any noise. Like, they can still talk, but it sounds like it's coming through, like, a garbled voice changer.
0: Right. This is much more of, like, a Darth Vader situation than a Ursula and Ariel situation.
1: Precisely so. Right. Uh, So he steals (laughs) that, and we cut to the Vyrum dimension. And Maria, because this is a Maria plot. uh, Right. She's thrilled to pieces, and she's like, man... Human women are so foolish, so like, foolish. They transform all of their emotion directly into sound, but they have this incredible talent to be able to talk forever and never get tired.
0: Yeah, it's some like it's some pretty intense uh misogyny happening in the old uh, old Super Sentai world. Uh, they're actually, Matt, real briefly, super quick, there is a scene that we skipped by accident, and it is of uh, <laughs> like an, uh, I, I can only assume he's some sort of idol. And oh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I thought
1: this happened after this, but I did want to talk about this, because it was great.
0: Oh, yeah, it's incredible. No, it happens before we get this. So this dude, he's an idol, and he is wearing, if I recall, it's like a sp- Bangly white cowboy shirt. Uh, I think he's wearing
1: like—is he wearing short shorts? I think he is. I think he's also wearing a white denim jacket over that cowboy shirt. Yeah, if so I'm not very much mistaken.
0: White spangly shirt, white cow, white jacket over that shirt, white short shorts, and then like a like a white bandana.
1: Like, if there wasn't already a White Ranger in this show, this guy would be dressed like the White Ranger. <laughs> Like I can see, like Tommy having like a really exciting day and buying this outfit. <laughs>
0: um, but so he walks out of what I I guess is like his recording studio, and he is instantly mobbed uh, by these la- like young ladies, and they're like screaming for him, and because he's an idol and voice dimension that appears and also does the vader shift to uh, their voice and then we go to the virum dimension and maria's like talking uh, about how you know like women are constantly making like meaningless
1: noise oh yeah because that's another thing uh she is talking about how women can make noise forever and radigate makes sure just to hop in and in case like their appalling message was not crystal clear <laughs> radigate hops in and is like yeah but everything that they say is meaningless
0: <laughs> right. Like, they uh, are an
1: endless fount of useless noise. Uh, so, so, way to go, Jetman.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Super guys. cool,
1: guys. Uh, But the plan is that they are going to absorb all of this sound and turn it into something truly beautiful, which is destruction.
0: Yeah, just a wave of supersonic destruction to destroy the entire world. So that's the plan. That's how Voice Dimension does his thing. Uh, he absorbs voices from ladies and then turns it into destructive energy. So. so we jump from there to Akko in like a practice room for, uh, you know, and she is like doing her song, right?
1: And we can tell now that she's not singing with the rest of the choir that like, she is not the best singer. She's not, not the terrible. best,
0: but she's not like, she's not bad. Like... Yeah,
1: like She she seems to be having trouble hitting, like, one or two of the high notes, but other than that sounds basically fine. Yeah. Uh, uh... Which just brings us back to the original part of the episode, where that teacher is maybe the real monster here. Yeah. Uh, crushing child's hopes and dreams. I think that actually is something that a monster does. Maybe not in this series. Like, literally? out to crush their hopes and dreams by making them feel bad about themselves.
0: Wow, that's...
1: Oh wait! So, you know what? Sorry, that is an episode of Shin I think, but wow. it doesn't work on the Yellow Ranger because she already because her self esteem was already so low that uh, she could not get further damaged, and so she was immune to the attacks of this particular monster. Shin is great.
0: That's uh, that's kind of that's kind of dark, man. I'm not gonna lie, hey, man, I didn't oh. say it was a
1: cheery episode. Okay, so. Uh,
0: so she's, she's singing, and she's not sounding super great, Kyoko walks up, and she sort of hears her, and Kyoko joins in the song, and they sound nice together, and uh, Akko just like, oh, Kyoko, I'm so sorry. Like, the song finishes, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, I, I'm t- sorry I practice, but, like, I'm definitely gonna do it. And Yeah, and Kyoko's
1: like, it's cool, we'll just stay here and practice all night. All night. And I don't Kyoko know how they're allowed has got to school all night, but I guess win. that's a thing you can do in Japan.
0: Um, I don't, like, like, okay, I could just tell you, unless she means, like, literally all night, all night, Uh, like, when I'm running rehearsals, we're there till, like, 10 o'clock, so, that actually, like, in the world of insane wackiness, like, that's the only thing they've said so far that actually seems fairly reasonable. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So, so she, uh, so they're like, Yanako's was like, yes, we'll practice all night, this will be great. And then
1: no sooner does she say that than her communicator goes off again and she is being summoned to go kick a monster.
0: Right. Uh, First of all, I think it's really interesting. She doesn't seem like she's being summoned to fight voice dimension because, like, they haven't encountered voice dimension yet. So are there just, like, other monsters, I guess, that we're not seeing? Or is she being summoned for some, like, frivolous nonsense?
1: We never know. No, we don't, honestly, and it's a weird thing, because is it this time when she leaves that she actually does encounter the voice dimension, or is it next time?
0: No, it's next time, because what, okay, so what happens is that, again, is Akko is, like, desperately trying to hide the fact that she is a world-saving superhero from her best friend in the world, Uh, like, this, okay, this is why this episode makes no sense, because this is the whole tension of the episode, is that Akko is desperately trying to not let her best friend in the whole world know that she, Akko, is also a superhero that, as part of this, like, super team, has saved the Earth from destruction 15 times,
1: now, okay. I will say, as a counter to that, I do like that this is like the only episode that we've seen, both in this show and in Die Ranger, that actually addresses the subject of secret identities.
0: Yeah, like it's, it's, it's it, it just the
1: only time it's ever come up. But the but since it's the only time that it's come up, it kind of feels pointless. Yeah, it's like just this weird thing. Like I don't know. Like listen,
0: Matt. uh like we're best friends. I promise that if I was part of a superhero team that had saved the world on no less than fifteen occasions, like I would tell you, I'm going to make that
1: promise to you right now, dude. You, you and I have made that promise to each other before. In fact, we have a written contract. Uh, oh, that's true. We do. That. Yeah, us and like all uh, of that's our buddies college, listeners. That is a real thing that we did.
0: Yeah, there's a number of things on there. It's like, if anybody gets superpowers, um, you have to tell everybody else. If anybody ever figures out, like, the secrets of, of true magic, you've got to tell everyone else. And I think there is a clause in there also that if anybody ever becomes undead, we promise to hunt that person down and end their existence. Um, it's good uh, yeah. to have friends. I,
1: I, I think you hit the highlights there.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's those are the key, the key elements of that contract. But it does exist. Uh, we all have a copy. It's signed. It's great. Uh, so, uh, Kyoko gets it. Like she understands at least that Akko is keeping some sort of secret from her, and she's like, Akko, like what gives? We're best friends. Like you can tell me anything.
1: And specifically, like, we have promised that we will be able to tell each other anything.
0: Right. And then there's, like, a weird flashback. So we see Koko, and she's, like, standing by a fountain, and Akko runs up and gives her a present, and she says, happy birthday. But Akko is clearly, like, distraught about something.
1: And she's like, hey, you know, what's wrong? And Akko finally says, like, oh... Like, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to ruin your birthday, but um, was it Hona just died? Hona.
0: We don't know who that is.
1: Well, we, we find out that it's second. her dog. Yeah, Hona is an
0: adorable little dog. Right. So Akko's like, Hona died. I'm super bummed out about it. And Kyoko, who is rad, is like, listen, we'll celebrate my birthday another time. Your dog just died. Like, how are you doing? Like, you could have just told me it would have been fine. Uh, like, we're
1: best friends. Like, let's never keep anything from each other again. Right. right. So we have established this. Yeah. Back to so, modern time. Right. And Akko says, eh, no, no, no it's nothing. I gotta go.
0: But yeah, like, I really... Like, it's a big deal. I do have to run, though.
1: Also, though, Kyoko,
0: how do you not notice, like... It's, like, every time. Like, it's a very distinctive noise, and it, like... Bleeps and bloops and flashes on her wrist. And then immediately thereafter, Ako is always like, hey, I gotta
1: go. Maybe it's only percent... Okay, okay, let me try to headcanon this.
0: Okay, please give what this a if, shot.
1: Okay, so these cross changers are aligned with their burdonic energies, right? Well,
0: okay, I think I know where you might be going with this. What
1: if they are only... And, and, don't forget all of the jetmen are able to seemingly pull like their cross changers and their weapons and so forth in and out of some sort of etheric space whenever they need them and right. otherwise they're not on the screen correct yes okay so maybe all of that stuff like either exists like out of sync with the rest of like the world and can only be accessed by people with psionic energy or they can only be Perceived by people with bradonic energy, it's like it's like a uh, Spider-Man spidey tracers. Like it, it emits a thing that pings his spider sense. Maybe like it's not like the show shows it as the thing ringing, so that we, we the viewers the non- can figure it out. But really, it's not making a sound that is audible to anybody else.
0: That it's pretty decent. At, yeah. No. Let's, let's. Yeah. Sure. Let's go with that.
1: I mean, listen, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that, like, they just did not bother to think this through. Uh, but for my continued sanity, let's say that that's the case. Yeah, that works for me.
0: So, uh, so this is where we, fer- like, the Rangers, or the Jetman, I guess. Like, they're still Rangers, right? The- yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Jetman encounter Voice Dimension for the first time. So they're in the city. Voice Dimension is, this is actually pretty cool, because Voice Dimension, again, is powered by, like, absorbing screams. So he's attacking people, along with the Grinham soldiers, but they're not actually hurting anyone. They're just being really scary and threatening.
1: And then which he's I running thought, around and, like, sucking up all of the women's screams. Now, I say women's screams specifically, because at yeah. this point, there's, like, a business dude who, like, collapses on the ground and is trying to crawl away. Like, oh no, please don't hurt me. And voice dimension is like, I don't want a guys' voices.
0: Right. Uh, I think, based on Maria's previous speech, that the, like, man yells are fueled by, like, cold logic and are useless for the, like, emotion-capturing powers of voice dimension. He requires, like, the pure unreasoned terror of a ladyfolk. Uh, to
1: power his dark attacks, I guess. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, okay, let me let me back that up. That doesn't sound right. That sounds yeah. appropriate to what is happening <laughs> in this episode. Right.
0: Yeah. Let me be clear. Uh, the opinions expressed herein are solely those of Evil Fire Commanders, and not those of uh, Super Sentai Brothers Limited. That's just I'm extrapolating, guys. Is what's happening. So, uh, the so Ako shows up. She attacks, the other jetmen arrive, and then there's like a grinnum fight. And so, like, you know, they're going back and forth, but they don't cross-change. Uh, for, for like unknown reasons. But like, they don't cross-change. And they're fighting back and forth. This is actually where I first noticed, by the way, that uh voice dimension is made entirely of mouths. And my notes just say, Oh, he's all mouths. That's
1: super gross. Yeah, it's a bold look.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He, he should get together with lipstick songstress.
1: It Dude, would be a he match. Absolutely, made, get together with lipstick songstress. Uh, or, horrifying, gross romance. Seven. Uh, or uh, if you will recall, another monster from die Ranger, the Mirror Monster from Die Ranger, uh, mm. was also super misogynistic.
0: Yeah, uh, that would be uh, that would be awful. They're the worst. So, so, okay, so they're in the middle of a fight. In this, okay, just follow me here. The voice dimension, the Grinham soldiers, and the Jetman are all in the fight in the middle of a city. Right? Right. Right. Akko leaves. We don't see her leave. Cause what we, but we she must have left. Because then what we see is Akko runs into the choir room in her school. And she says, Where's Kyoko? And they're like, Oh. Kyoko left. She went to go practice where she always practices. Akko, being her best friend, knows exactly where this is. Turns out, Kyoko's favorite practicing spot is by a river.
1: Just like outside of the city somewhere. Just chilling, like between a couple of trees, singing yeah. to nature, I guess? I... So that's her favorite spot to practice. So Akko runs out, sees Kyoko...
0: It's like, Kyoko, you have to run. Who knows why? Because voice dimension is nowhere to be seen. Except, except oh, that wait, all of a sudden. He's there exactly. So he uh so he attacks Kyoko. And, and Akko jumps in,
1: because like, you know, Akko's a jetman. So she jump right. kicks and she flips and she's doing a thing. And she starts to cross-change. Like, I think she even says the first half of it. Yeah, and she's like, like she cross- like, she and has then, her finger on the button,
0: and then, and then she realizes,
1: like, oh, I don't want to, like, reveal my secret identity. Which, again, can? could be cool, but in this context doesn't really make sense, because it's never been portrayed as an issue in... Any of these shows? No, he's just,
0: it's completely bizarre. Because as a direct result, and like Akka realizes this later, but like as a direct result of not wanting to reveal her secret identity to her friend, Voice Dimension is able to successfully overpower her because she's not cross-changed.
1: Yeah, it's its not her finest moment.
0: Yeah, uh, so Voice Dimension, like he steals the voice from Kyoko and then... I th- uh, I think he also steals the voice from Akko, right? No, not yet. Okay, doesn't steal the voice from Akko, but then he just like fades, man. He's like, "All right, I kind of got what I came for. I'm out. See you nerds later."
1: Okay, so we cut to commercial and when we come back, we are at Kyoko's house. Kyoko has locked herself in a room and is crying, but she's her Okay, throughout the rest of the episode, Kyoko's voice has been turned into like a weird robot voice and so anytime that there tries to be like a weird emotional scene, it comes through sounding hilarious. <laughs> because she's like weeping but it's like this weepy robot voice that's complaining that it won't be able to win a contest because apparently that's the only thing she needed her voice for
0: right and this to be clear this is not like a weird harsh greeting voice this is like a robot okay you know what it sounds like is you know there's like megaphones you got as a little kid and you could talk through it and they had a setting for like robot voice That is precisely what it sounds like. Yeah, it is that exact
1: sound. Yeah, I think that that's probably just what they did. So Akko is like, man, if I had only cross-changed, I could have saved her. This sucks. I need to go find voice dimension. Yeah.
0: So she calls, she's like, Akko, or Kyoko, rather, I'm going to fix this. Like, you sit tight. Like, I'll be right back. I'm going to fix this for you. Yeah, she she runs off and, okay, hold on.
1: Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) So, she has made a point of not revealing to her friend that she is a jetman, right? Right. And then she is leaving and tells her friend, don't give up on singing. I am going to go get your voice back. If you are Kyoko, you probably think that Akko has completely lost her mind, because there is nothing to suggest that that is an option for her. (laughs) Like, Akko, how could you, my friend with the weird bracelet, somehow restore my voice from a dimensional monster? Uh, (laughs) I did not think
0: about that, but you are 100% right. Uh, Well, actually, this... Okay, this does actually make sense because I was trying to figure out why. Because what happens is that Akko leaves and she's like running around, basically like calling out the Virm, which works. Uh, every time we have seen a Jetman just like run around and be like, "Hey, Virm, where are you guys? Let's fight!" It they always show up. Okay, but uh, this
1: time I it makes sense that it works.
0: Yeah, because she because Voice Dimension is out like looking for voices, but Kyoko had followed Ako. All right. And, then and I was following her, like, immediately. Yeah, and I was sort of trying to figure out, like, why would you, why are you following Akko? And I think the answer is Kyoko is deeply concerned about her friend, because as far as she can tell, Akko has just gone off the
1: deep end. Yeah, like, Akko, her best friend, who is now keeping secrets from her and skipping school all the time, has declared that she is somehow going to pull off some miracle and started running through a ravine shouting at a monster.
0: Uh, So, yeah, so it turns out Kyoko is a very good friend because she is checking up on Akko, who has seemingly lost her mind. Uh, Except she hasn't, of course. So Voice Dimension shows up, and this time Akko does not hesitate, and she just says, like, you know, she cross-changes and the fight starts.
1: Now, Kyoko Kyoko has seen this happen, and Akko now has seen that Kyoko has seen her cross-change. Yeah, but it's and too again. late, she's already fighting. And also, nothing changes, it didn't matter.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, but first of all, like, Aqua's weirdly horrified by this, that
1: Kyoko has seen her
0: change. Maybe that's why she's off her game, because, yeah, she gets wrecked by voice dimension. Uh, voice, so he hits her with, like, a sonic wave and, like, does another thing, and he's then he says, like, let's see how you deal with this. And, uh, his, his megaphone hand launches off. Of his wrist and is on a chain. Uh I don't know why. It's nothing to do with like a literally any part of his motif. But he's got a launchy chain hand,
1: which he uses to like throw Akko around somehow. So she goes flying and gets caught out of the air by Ryu because the rest of the jetmen have all arrived. Right. They are all... about to go start to attack, but then voice dimension does some sort of like sonic stunning thing that yeah stops them all in their tracks and he just fades into the background.
0: Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> this is amazing because he like throws a peace sign and does like a little like jaunty backwards dance as he's ghosting out. It was pretty uh, great, <laughs> it was awesome because it's very, it was just like a very obvious taunt. Like later nerds voice dimension out, uh, as he sort of like shimmies backwards. It was fantastic.
1: Okay, so the fight now is effectively over. Kyoko looks up on... I'm sorry. Akko looks up on the ridge to where Kyoko is. And also the chief is there just hanging out. And she like... Akko sort of calls out to her quietly. But now she's got the dumb robot voice. And so it's like this weird dramatic scene. It's just like, Kyoko. (laughs) It's amazing.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So, Akko now also has, like, a weird toy
1: megaphone voice.
0: And uh, we jump back, and we see the Jet at...
1: How much better would this episode have been if instead of getting a weird megaphone voice, they had all gotten, like, the T-Pain microphone?
0: Oh! (laughs) Incredible. Um, Dude, the existence of T-Pain is a continual mystery to me. Uh, just because he's like, I'm a dude who knows how to use an auto-tune program. And everyone's like, yeah, T-Pain, all right. Like, he probably does other stuff. I don't know. Uh, the thing with which I am most familiar with T-Pain is when he was in the I'm on a boat video. So, I don't know that I can claim to be, like, super familiar with his catalog of work. Yeah. Uh, So, <laughs> we see the Jet men, uh back at space camp and they're trying to figure out like what are we going to do about voice dimension because every time we get close to this dude he just blasts us with like hypersound and we're kind of immobilized and uh Rita says something about like yeah it's really weird but like for some reason he's only after female voices
1: and he has like a little flashback to that scene in the fight earlier when the businessman was scurrying away
0: Right. Akko, however, has not noticed this, which actually kind of makes sense, because every time she sees voice dimension, like, it's just her and Kyoko, so, like, they're both ladies, so she wouldn't, I guess, have necessarily figured that out. But now that she knows, like, something clicks in her head. Uh, I have no idea what it is that clicks in her head. It's never explained, and their only plan makes very little sense. But she clearly figures something out.
1: And it's amazing because it's one of those plans that makes no sense, but works perfectly. Yeah, it's like Super Sentai's favorite kind of plan. And this is another aspect which makes it one of uh, Super Sentai's favorite plans, is it involves cross-dressing, which I think (laughs) must happen at least (laughs) once a season.
0: So, the one we see is... uh, we see voice dimension and i he's like out in the country somewhere at like what looks like maybe like a like a rural bathhouse or something. Uh, but it's only dudes there, right? And so he is trying to, he's like stomping around. He's very upset. He's like, it's all dudes here. This is useless. I, I shout, need,
1: give me women.
0: Right. Like I need beautiful women or something like that. And he looks over and he sees that, like, crouched at the riverside is a lady in, like, this, like, super traditional, like, um, Japanese garb. She's got, like, a kimono and the sort of, like, wooden block shoes. I apologize. I don't know what they're called. And she's got, like, um, a lot of, like, white uh, face powder on. And, like, her hair is done up. And she's facing away from Voice Dimension into the river. Right? And Voice Dimension is stoked. Right. Uh, so he runs over and he's or no he doesn't run over. He sort of like creep walks over and uh and he like taps her on the back cuz again he's always trying to elicit this screaming response. Taps this
1: lady on the back and it's just like oh my dear like something something something. And then the woman stands up, turns around and screams in his face. Uh, and since he's already been primed to absorb it, he absorbs all the sound. But it is not a woman. It is Rita. Right. Uh, uh, it and is so- Rita in a dress.
0: <laughs> and uh, that, like, somehow, like, erases slash destroys all of the energy from, like, lady voices that he had saved up. And so is now, like... He's, like, rendered powerless, at least, like, to some degree. Uh, And then we get, like, maybe the best moment in this. And again, I want to be really clear. This
1: is so good.
0: I want to be super clear. So, Raita is, like, full on, like, in a kimono. It's, like, wrapped around him. He's got, like, the sash that goes around him a number of times. And I cannot stress this enough. Is wearing enough white face powder that he is, like, virtually unrecognizable. And a wig. And a giant wig. So Ako runs up says like "Righta, that was great, like it totally worked." Righta says like, "Yeah." He puts his arm down and like whips it like the and like throws his arm up then, pulling the like the large sleeve of his kimono in front of him, like between him and the camera, right? Yeah. And then once he is visible again past the sleeve, is just like in his absolutely regular clothes.
1: Uh, he has yes, he has have he has all of his clothes on, all yeah. of the makeup is gone, the wig is gone, his glasses are on because those were nowhere to be seen a moment yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, it this- is amazing. Uh, The only thing about this that possibly makes sense is if they somehow work, like, the cross-changer Bredonic energy into this, and he manages, this is like a subtle cross-change, is the only thing I can think of. Uh, But yeah, it's amazing. Because it's so, like, it's not even, like, it doesn't even ignore continuity in sense. Like, it sees it. It knows what it should do, and then just like looks at common sense disdainfully, and is like, "Nah," and then it's just right up. It's Dude, incredible. You know what's great?
1: Is uh, this is not the first time I have seen this happen in a, a Super Sentai show. In fact, uh, I one time sat down and watched like I never finished watching it for some reason. I think I sort of ran out of wherever I was getting the episodes from. Uh-huh. But uh, Time Ranger in Time Ranger. Every time they change, they do this. Because, like, they're wearing whatever clothes they're wearing, and then they do that exact same move where they just throw their clothes off in one swift move, and underneath they're wearing, like, a jumpsuit. And then, like, once they're in the jumpsuit, they transform. But, like, every episode, no matter what they're wearing, they could be wearing a t-shirt, they could be wearing a tuxedo. Like, they just grab it and throw it and then change. It's great. Time Ranger is (laughs) brilliant.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh so now now they are ready to like now they're ready to attack. And so I think actually like immediately thereafter, like they just kind of do that initial like sound drain and that is enough for all of the stolen voices to return to their original owners. So like everybody's cool now and then like the fight is sort of joined in earnest. Um, like there's a brief fight, and then like uh, okay, so Akko like looks back, like, and across the river is Kyoko and the chief. And Kyoko, like, calls out to her friend, Akko, and she's like, Akko, like, do your best. Even if you're a jetman, you're still the Akko I know, and like we're still friends. What, how does that make any sense? like why is that something that you would need to reassure someone of?
1: Yeah, like it's not as though like the jetmen are like weird monsters
0: right like they're superheroes in awesome costumes with it's like not even a like a giant X-Men cool thing or like,
1: oh, you have been revealed to be a mutant. like no, you're still just like the exact same person who got zapped with superpower rays. Right! What I think is most remarkable about this is that the chief just brought Kyoko along. Like, I (laughs) guess just for, like, support. But what this means is that, like, the chief just said, Hey, you, young girl, why don't you come to with me to the scene of an incredibly dangerous fight with a monster that is about to grow to the size of a building so you can give your friend the thumbs up? That's a great plan, right?
0: Uh, well, it turns out that it is a great plan, because Akka's like, oh, awesome. Yes, Like
1: as stated previously, all of Super Sentai's terrible plans work out perfectly.
0: Right, because Koka's like, oh, wait, my best friend is cool with me being a Jetman? Like, now it's really on voice dimension. And so, uh, it's like, they fight, there's attack, they do like a little, like, split screen thing, so that we're watching all four Jetmen attack at the same time, kind of. Like, I don't know where, I don't, like, we've never seen it before, but whatever. Uh, I think there's some nods to, like, the special technique attacks that we had seen in previous episodes.
1: But they don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, and, yeah, I feel like when they split up the, sh- the fight like this, they're really just putting the fight on fast forward. Like, we want to show all four of these people doing something, uh, but we do not have time. Let's do a split screen. They win the fight. Let's call in the Jet Striker slash Fire Bazooka.
0: Wait, hold up. Hold up a second. Hold up. Uh, when I said a split screen, we only saw four of the Jet Men because we didn't see Akko. And now we get Akko. She gets a little, little solo screen time. And uh, her plan to defeat Voice Dimension is literally to just do gymnastics at him. Like... Mako does a lot of, like, flipping around and jumping anyways. Like, that's kind of her style. But what we see is that she is just doing, like, handsprings and cartwheels around voice dimension. She's not hitting him. Like, it's very explicit. She is not actually attacking him. Because he just says, like, oh my goodness, like, stop moving around so much. You're making me dizzy. So, like, that's her plan. She's not actually attacking. She's just doing gymnastics in his vicinity. And that's her plan to, like, take out Voice
1: Dimension. Yeah, it is amazing. In my notes, it just says attacking with the power of handsprings.
0: Uh, which, again, this plan works perfectly. Like, it does exactly what she wants it to do. Uh, and then they summon the Fire Bazooka. Um, they shoot They shoot Voice Dimension with the Fire Bazooka. He goes down. He immediately becomes giant. Uh, and then, and only then, does Ryu summon the jet machines. I feel like at this point... This is just kind of poor planning on reuse part. Like, dude, like, get the fire bazooka. But before you call the fire... Like, just call the jet machines. Like, literally every time you take these dudes out, they turn into giant monsters. So just call the jet machines already. Like, this is not... Like, it's not a negotiable. It's not like it's maybe going to happen. It happens literally every single time. Just call the jet machines and have them on standby... So that you could just save yourself. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because the jet machines show, machine show up immediately anyways. So I was
1: going to say, in fairness to Ryu, when he says summon the jet machines, they are there like immediately.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like Fire Bazooka, he goes down, Voice Dimension goes giant, they summon Jet Icarus, they get into Jet Icarus. But this is actually pretty cool, is that the giant, like the supersonic sound wave attack thing, like works on Jet Icarus. Uh, I did not see that coming.
1: Uh they knock voice dimension off balance by shooting their fist at it in a shot puncher. puncher, which is yeah. great. uh the fist comes back and they're about to do the Pradonic Saber, and Akko asks Ryu if she can be the one to do it this time.
0: Right. And uh, uh Ryu's like, yeah, go for it. Uh, uh Akko, like,
1: while they are attacking, says it was a mistake to underestimate high school girls, which I think is great.
0: Uh and also in this case, uh, super true.
1: <laughs> so and uh, that's it uh, that's right. it for the voice dimension
0: yeah he goes down badonic Saver, and then it's all over uh so we jump from there you know and uh, you know to our sort of like ending shot and it's at the choir contest so they're at the choir contest choir contest they're literally on stage and the cross changer goes off what, like, does this thing not have a mute button like I feel like maybe there are moments in your life where
1: you could just set it to vibrate. Yeah, this or, would be one know. of them. Maybe Akko never figured out which button to press. Dude, She's not yeah, the most maybe. studious person, after all.
0: Uh, so, anyways, so it goes off. She is kind of like looking around nervously, trying to figure out how to make an exit. Uh, Kyoko, though, in an act of friendship, notices this and sort of like sidles in front of her. But like I want to be. Clear. This is
1: not like a giant choir. This is like thirteen people. Like yeah, Akko and just being ditches. Conducted by their teacher, who is on stage with them. Right. And I, I honestly okay. So here's what happens: is that Kyoko sort of takes takes a step in front of Akko, starts to sing some sort of solo. Akko like winks and nods and sneaks out the back. I feel like the teacher did notice and was like. She's not really contributing. Let her go.
0: (laughs) No, she totally notices. Like, that's very obvious. And she kind of, like, gives her a dirty look. But then it's also, she's just like, I don't even... You know what? Fine, Akko. Just leave. Like, but, like, you're out of it. Like, it's very obvious that in her mind she's saying, like, fine, leave. But you are out of the choir. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And
1: so she leaves. And she gets on a dirt bike. And she rides towards danger. And that's the end of the episode. She does, like, a sweet, like, wheelie jump. And, like gives a big victory sign or thumbs up or some, some sort it, of uh, positive like, gesture exactly as she's doing a sick jump. Yep, And that's it. And that's it. So Dave, that is the end of episode 15, high school warriors or something like that. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me right now and I don't feel like looking it up. What was your high point?
0: Uh, my high point has undoubtedly got to be writer's amazing quick change act uh I love magic I love illusion I like quick change acts and I've never seen one that good uh probably because it's only able to be done with camera tricks but it was still amazing uh it was amazing it was, both good. It was because a nice, it was hilarious a nice camera trick right it was amazing both because it was hilarious and also because of again just like the blatant. The blatant, and I would almost have to say active, disregard uh, for anything that makes any sort of sense. So that was my high point. How about you, man?
1: Uh, I am tempted to say that my high point is the sick outfit that that, like, pop idol was wearing earlier in the episode. That was that, pretty like, White incredible. on white on white. Um, but I think I am going to give it to, uh, like, I, I dig episodes about friendship, and yes. this was, like, a sweet friendship episode, uh, where Akko and her, like, super bestie, like, hang out and, like, you know, do cool friend stuff. Like, it's not a big thing, I just dug it. Especially because you don't get to see much of the personal lives of these characters. Mm. Uh, no, it was know. just a cool that. take that we don't get to see usually. Uh, so what was your low point?
0: Uh, I think my low point is I'm gonna okay like I'm gonna pick the obvious thing. I just like I continue, I don't get Akko's like deep fear about letting her literal best friend on the whole planet know that she's a, an awesome superhero. Like it makes it's such like a weird note in the story. Like it's a weird note within the context of the rest of Jetman. But, like, it doesn't even make sense, like, it doesn't make sense on a macro level, obviously, but it also doesn't make sense on, like, a micro level. Like, Kyoko never gives any indication that she would be, like, bothered or upset, and, like, obviously when she finds out, she's completely fine with it. Uh, And so, like, Akko's, like, weird fear-tension thing about it just, it just, like, it doesn't make any sort of sense whatsoever. Uh, So that's my low point. How about you?
1: Uh, I don't know. My low point is probably, like, the terrible misogyny. Ooh,
0: yeah, that's actually much better than my low point. Uh, that was sort of weird and uncomfortable.
1: Now nah, yours makes a lot of sense, too. I figured that, you know, one of us was gonna cover one and one of us was gonna get the other. Uh, those are the two, like, bummer parts about this episode. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The stakes aren't that real, uh, with the friendship angle and the virum have some pretty loathsome ideas about women.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, both uh, both weird
1: weird low points. There's Jojen Sentai yep, Jetman. And, uh, I
0: think that's I think, it. That's it for yeah, us, man.
1: That is gonna do it for another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. The Super SuperSentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we're the Super SuperSentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.